Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Calm Parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. And today I'm talking with Wendy Weinberger, president and co-founder of Illuminos Academy Coaching and Tutoring. Illuminos is a passion project born from Wendy's experiences growing up with numerous family members with ADHD. When a child close to her received the same diagnosis, she not only worked hard to help him overcome the many challenges, but decided to bring her cousin Evan's academic coaching business to the DC area to help students in her community with similar struggles. Prior to finding, founding Illuminos, Wendy spent 25 years as an attorney, general counsel, and COO of publicly traded companies, gaining a broad range of experiences that she leverages today in managing Illuminos. Welcome, Wendy. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Cam, for having me today. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to chatting. Yes. And so we, I'm so excited about this conversation because personally, this is, this is an important thing for me too. How do we get our teenagers back into school? So how we're, we're struggling and how do we, how do we help them go back? Yeah, there's a lot in that question. Um, a lot of changes are happening this year, going from distance learning back into school and really depending on what grade your kids are in, there's a lot of different answers that can come from that. Um, one of the biggest differences besides having to wake, wake up and get dressed and actually leave the house to go to school, which is an issue in and of itself because kids really could do as they wanted last year and they could wear their sweats unless they were in a private school and they could just plop it from the computer with their PJs on pretty much. So that is one thing. But the biggest thing is going to be the accountability. There was a lot less accountability going on. Kids could, didn't have to put their screens on, so they didn't have to pay attention in class, or they could avoid being called on, so the participation was down. Um, and many schools allowed for late turning in of assignments so that there wasn't the pressure of having to get everything done on time like there has been in the past. So when they go back to school, those things are all going to change. You're going to be sitting in front of a teacher. You can't hide behind a camera. You have to answer questions. You have to be prepared. You have to have eaten breakfast so you can eat, you know, can answer <laughs> questions and participate. And then you're really going to have to manage time and make sure that you can get assignments done on the timeline or you're going to start losing points for things being late. You know, typically teachers will take off to anywhere from, you know, 10% to 20% to 30%, depending on what an assignment is. Um, it's something's late. So that, that's going to be a key management piece. And also, um, for some kids with learning differences, not only is time management could be a challenge, but also um, remembering to bring stuff home, getting mm -hmm. stuff back to school. None of that happened last year. Um, so it'll be an interesting, it'll, it'll be an interesting transition for everyone. But I definitely think that there are some key things that parents can do right now to help. And that's what we want to talk about, because sure. as you're saying this, I know everyone's like, oh, my gosh, the number of power struggles and meltdowns and uh, like, it just seems like it's going to be extraordinary, I think, for a lot of parents, because their kids are kind of have shut down a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I've talked to many that are have a lot of anxiety about going mm -hmm. back um, mm -hmm. and just they haven't 
these are skills they haven't used in a while. And they, they were skills they never really had strong in the first place. And now they've been on the back burner. So now, give us some tips. How do we, how do we transition our kids into this back into this? Sure. So it's the beginning of August. So the easiest thing you can do right now is let's get kids on the right sleep schedule. Mm-hmm. It's time to start every day, having them go to bed at a regular time and wake up at a regular time. And maybe they've been sleeping until 11 if they're a high school teenager. Um, if they're in elementary school, maybe they've been sleeping until eight or nine and really just will have to get up at you know six or seven in the morning. So basically every other day, you know, you can shift by an hour or two to get them up earlier and earlier to get them ready for that. And also in addition to the sleeping and getting enough sleep and being prepared to wake up, um, it's also really important that they eat on a regular schedule because that adjusts timing for all kids. So when they get up in the morning, they should do what they do when they're getting ready to go to school. They should get dressed into clothes that is actually not PJs and, and eat a good breakfast and then do about their day. And um, if they can in the morning, we highly suggest doing some math problems from the previous year and getting out some books and making sure they're reading a minimum of 20 minutes, ideally 45 minutes or more a day is great, but 20 minutes just gets them back into the routine of having to wake up, having breakfast, having to think about school, refreshing, especially math. There's that summer slide that happens where nobody mm-hmm. wanted to work. And so you want to, um, get them into the math and reading routine, then have a lunch on a good, a good time. And then in the afternoon, let them be kids, let them enjoy their summer, but dinner time at a regular time. And then bedtime routines are really important. And some kids actually like to read before bed. So that's a really good habit to start before you get back to school. That's so those great. are the quick things. Yeah. And I, I think I want to point out one thing that you said that I want to make sure parents heard is it's slowly getting them back into the schedule. It is like a little change a day rather than, all right, everyone, we're going to go to bed this time. We're going to wake up this time. We're going to do this. You're going to get so much pushback and it's Mm going to be really difficult, but making small changes starting now where we get Mm -hmm. them back on that schedule. That's, that's really, really important. Um, yeah, and you can approach it as, you know, mom and dad, it's been summer, we've been loosey-goosey with work too, we're all going to do this together, we all need to get ready for the fall, don't push it just on the kids. If it's a teenager who tends to be really logic, sit down and explain it to them, you know, explain why this is really important, explain what's going to happen in the fall, so those people with anxiety, for example, have, have an approach, they know a way that they could help themselves, they can think through it, um, and when the anxiety comes up, They can, you know, do relaxation techniques. They can try to employ, if they're seeing therapists, what they've been taught. They can do some breathing exercises. There's great meditation and breathing um, apps that teenagers can do that can also help. But this anxiety should start, you know, it's probably starting now. So the more that they have information and the more that they can address those things up front, it'll be easier come September or for kids around us, it's late August that they start. Um, so that's, that's, those are all reasons that you can also explain to your student, but I think it's really, really important when they understand it, especially as they get older. Oh, absolutely. So what are some of the executive functioning skills? And I know you work, you got into this mainly with like learning differences. I have a daughter with ADHD, so I am very much interested in everything that you, um, teach. So what are some executive functioning skills that we can help teach our kids now and help our kids build? Sure. So let's start with, um, if you guys have supply lists or you have syllabus for the coming year, take your student with you or get online on Amazon and go through and get the supplies with them. Have them deliver or bring them to the house and sit down and go through every class and come up with a great organization system. Now, the big question is, is are their classes going to remain 
online in terms of will they mainly be using Google Classroom and online portals this year, or will the teachers transition back to paper? I'm really hoping for the elementary school, they transition back to paper. Um, and it would be good for middle schoolers and kids with learning differences like ADHD to have that paper um, just because they can interact with it. But at the same time, having the everything in one place when teachers fall through and have it all in one portal, that can also be easier for kids. So if you know which way the school's gonna go, you can decide whether you wanna have a physical binder or an electronic binder. And I can tell you about that too. Um, but if you don't, why don't you go ahead and set up both just to be careful, just to be cautious. So what you want to do is for a physical binder, what we suggest doing is divide, put as many of the classes into the binder as you can. Every teacher wants their own binder. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Kids are carrying too many binders. They leave things at home. They don't know where to put their papers. We suggest um, one to two binders. Now, if kids have different days of the week and they may have to mix things up, sometimes um, classes are in a rotation and that's a little bit different, but for the most part, one to two binders should work for most students and have dividers in them for each class. And then behind each class, like English, you want to have um, a divider for what is homework, what is clockwork, what are notes, and then what are tests and quizzes, for example. But you can figure it out based on what you think that the student's going to need and what the teacher is going to want from them. So have, have them set that up with you. Teach them that they, as soon as they do get a paper, they know exactly where it goes. Same thing online, you wanna mirror it. So did you know that with Google Classroom, you can actually color code the folders just to match the colors of the divider and the binder, for example. Nice. So you can create it, create it so it mirrors it. So you can go ahead and you know create a class binder folder online for every single class. You can color code them and put those same kind of subfolders underneath them. Test and quizzes, homework, class um, work, and then notes, for example. And so when you do that, whether or not a child has the binder in the classroom or they need to be filing things and turning things in online, um, the, the child knows exactly where things are and exactly where to go to find their homework. Um, and then they, the organization sort of tends to fall in place. Now, as you know, with a child with ADHD, it doesn't always happen. So it's really I was just going to say, um, boy, that would be awesome if that we could set that up and she would maintain that. But that I love the setting it up. Mm -hmm. He loves the setting it up. It's the keeping yep. it up that has been a challenge. Yeah. And I, you know, parents, I know kids like naturally resist their parents, parents, you know, we all know and got where we are because of pure luck. Kids, you know, definitely don't think that their parents like know what they're doing and they don't want to hear it from them. But at the same time, um, if you can try to encourage your kids to let you sit down with them the first few weeks or check on their organization and what they're doing during those first few weeks of school and, and help them remind them to put things where they are. Um, it will help them. It will also help them keep up with what they need to turn in and turn things in on time and hopefully, um, you know, not, not hand in late assignments um, or miss things. You know, you can also hire someone like us that's an executive coach that comes in and works either virtually or in person with the student. And what coaches typically do is they work really hard with students to build structure and strategies mm -hmm. that will work for them that then can become um, repeatable, they become habits and routines, and then eventually they become a whole new way of doing things because new neural pathways are built. So that's really important. But a lot of kids don't feel bad parents if they're pushing back against you. You can always, um, you know, look for free resources. You can look on social media sites for various executive functioning companies. We always push out free information with how to do some of these things. Um, you know, you don't have to have a ton of money to do this. You just have to have the right resources. So those are, those are some great suggestions. The other thing is get yourself set up at home, get your students set up at home with a place to do their work mm. where it's 
not completely silent. It's definitely not completely hidden where they can do their own thing, but it has all of their supplies they need to do the work at home. And it also allows a little bit of noise and a little bit of earshot for mom and dad, um, but someplace that they don't have to run around to find everything each time. And they will have everything right where they need it to be able to sit down and do the homework and hopefully help. That will also help them with time management. Um, but get a time timer, get a visual timer that shows them. Um, for people who don't know what that is, it basically is a clock with a color that fills in I've the time. Do you one. have one? I awesome. have this one. <laughs> okay, so that one's different. So we have one that, that fills in the time. So as the color goes away, the kids know they only have that much more. Oh, I like it. The color goes into like, you know, five minutes and they're like, oh, I can't go any further. You basically can say, look at you only have five more minutes or three mm. more minutes till a break. Just push yourself. And then when it goes away, you can do that. And keep in mind that kids can only focus on one thing at a time. Um, really focus one thing at a time for the number of years of age they are. So mm. for example, how, mm. you, how old is your daughter, 15. Dr. Pam? Okay. So if you can get 15 to 20 minutes of pure focus from her on one thing, that's great. And yeah. then she can have a brain break, set up and stretch, go to the bathroom, get a glass of water. It doesn't need to be something, but just let that brain have that break. And then she can go back and focus. Once mm. they get past that time, it's really challenging. That's a great tip. And it's so important for them to understand it's okay to take a break after 15 minutes, right? And to kind of yeah. encourage that. So we're trying, we want to help our kids get organized and teach them organizational time management skills, mm -hmm. right? Um, how about focusing? How, what is, what can we do to help them refocus again? I like the time part, but during mm -hmm. that time, how do we help them focus? So it depends on the child. So you can obviously, if they're working on um, an iPad or a computer, there's apps that will block out other things. Um, the number one thing to focus is do not have your child's phone anywhere near where they are. Um, there are proven studies that show that having a phone even in the classroom with a child um, prevents focusing. Uh, even if they want to use it for their timer, don't take it out of the room when they get home. Um, you know, make sure it's out of the room, the space where they're doing their studying at school, keep it in that backpack or in their lockers, even better. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and don't have that distraction. Also turn off all those pop-ups that happen on the window. Those are all things that distract kids these days. Um, and work with your child to understand that it's okay to lose focus when you have like a drifting thought, let the mm -hmm. thought drift by and then bring your back, bring yourself back to focusing. Don't punish yourself. Don't get frustrated. If you really feel like you've sat down and you can't focus, think about it. Have you had your snack? Have you had enough water in the day? Have you gone to the bathroom? Have you talked to someone about your day? And so if it's thoughts that are coming up about bad things or stress or social stuff, you know, why don't you wait a little bit after school to start doing your work, get those things out and then start doing your work. So for us, we work with kids and I always use my son as an example. He's a rising seventh grader and he has a coach and his coach actually comes and works with him. And for the first 10 minutes, they play basketball in the driveway yes. so he can get out all of his chattiness, get out all of that energy, get out everything. And then he sits down and he's really ready to focus. Um, for some kids, they need a break in the middle. Go take a walk, go walk the dog. Um, you know, go talk to mom, maybe for a little bit, go talk to a sibling, but then when you focus, set a time timer, set something that you can see what the time is and push yourself to do that minimum amount, take a break, come back, um, and do it little bits over the summer. Kids have been all over the place. They're addicted to this. You know, that's all that they typically all though? <laughs> yes. Well, there's that dopamine drip that happens. So that's yep. why it's really good when you're building the routine slowly, as you hit September, start having less screen time. Mm. Don't have screen time an hour before bed. Don't have screen time for more than a few hours in the day. Start to titrate back. Now, 
but most of our kids were going to have to start with like 23 hours a day, 22 hours yes. a day, 20 hours a day. So take it slowly as you start to um, retract off of those screens. Yeah. So again, it's about slowly making changes and building them into habits rather than just trying to like all of a sudden, okay, only this much time of phone, like your kids are going to explode, right? It's like saying to somebody that smokes 20 packs a day, okay, no cigarettes for you. Like it doesn't go over well, right? We got to, we got to wean them off. The other let's thing- do that as parents and foil that too, so that yes. we're all doing it together. And it's going to be just as hard for us as parents, things to start out with. No phones at the table when you're eating. No breakfast, no phones at breakfast, no phones at lunch, no phones at dinner. And put them somewhere where you can't hear them and put them on silent. And right. you guys will all find that that's a struggle. And do things like that. TV moments. Put all the phones aside. Just some ideas. Uh, it's really great. And having it as a whole family. Um, so you're showing and modeling that. And you also then can really empathize with your child how difficult it is because you're going through the withdrawals too, right? And you can kind exactly. of like connect together going, oh my God, this is so hard. Um, the other thing that I love is you're so focused on solutions. So I think a lot of times as parents, we get very frustrated. We're like, why can't you just focus? Why can't you just do this? It's just, it's not that difficult. You're spending far more time complaining than doing <laughs> And instead you're saying, let's step back and go, why are they having trouble? Yeah. What is it and how can we help them problem solve and come exactly. up with ways to make it easier rather than getting frustrated and angry because they're even more frustrated than we yeah, are. Empathy. Empathy mm-hmm. um, is really important here. You know, explain that when you were a child, how you had to struggle through stopping at the end of the summer and getting to school and you didn't even have the phone. Yeah, really for us, we didn't have the phone. Yeah, um, you know, but but really empathize and approach it from this is a challenge for your child, the same way it's somewhat of a challenge for you, but even more so because kids communicate. Their social network is totally through texting and social media these yeah. days. So you know, don't like you said, Doctor Pam, don't cut it all off at one point. You know, let them figure out how they can manage those things a little less every day. And sit down and have a conversation. Like I said in the beginning, like explain to your child, like they're not stupid. Um, talk them through it. Get them to um, understand it. Stand in their shoes of how, how you would be feeling if you were them um, on the other side of the table. Treat them with respect and maturity. And even the younger kids understand, you know, there's a way to explain to kids where they feel like you're not throwing something on them or stripping something away, but that you're actually trying to help them. And you can even test it, you know. Do something like, hey, tonight I want you to stop looking at your phone an hour before bedtime. And tomorrow I want you to do it a half an hour. And I want you to tell me which night you sleep and how much faster you fall asleep. You know, you can work with them. You have the time between now and the start of school to do these things. So again, yes, it's not like you must do this. It's the gradual approach to all of these things. And when you do it with your child, you're more likely to get better results. Yeah. And you're teaching them how to make those decisions on their own. So you're not having to follow them around in the rest of their life, helping them make good decisions, right? (laughs) Yeah. And you're trying to teach them how to make self-imposed structure too. So Mm -hmm. things that they learn that they need that they can then keep for themselves, just as you're saying, so that parents don't have to go to college with kids because that's just not doing anyone any good. (laughs) And it's, it's, I, I like the way that you're doing it too, with these small steps is they start getting little wins. And they start mm-hmm. saying, oh, I can do this. And that feels so good. Talk about the dopamine shot, right? Mm-hmm. Actually succeeding at something and having your parents recognize that you succeeded at that. That feels even better than the phone, 
right? So totally. Yeah. So we get more of that and they're like, Ooh, I like this. Um, and so that's, that's wonderful. So tell us um, how people can work with you and your company. Sure. So we are Illuminos Academic Coaching and Tutoring. Our website is um, www.illuminos.co, not .com, .co. And if you go to our site, you can hit learn more. Um, we have a 45 minute to an hour consultation with every family. If they want to talk less, that's fine too. But our job um, is really to work through with a family and talk to them about what we do, what the expectations are, understand their child, understand if we're really the right fit. Um, we don't want cause more frustration by not being the right fit for our family. Mm -hmm. We only want to work with families that we really think we can help. Um, they can also email us at hello at illuminos.co. Again, it's .co, not .com. Um, and then they can follow us on social media. Like I said, we have all of those different tips that are available. Yeah. Um, we put out lots of free information. Um, we host less stress parenting webinars. Um, you're going to be doing one yes. on August 9th. So, people so excited for yours. And that's really about who we bring on for the parents to get information and learn from. It's not about us presenting. We just find the greatest people that we love and think that the parents can learn a ton from and we bring them on for that purpose. Um, so, you know, definitely use those resources that are out there and you can contact us through any of those ways. Or if you like the old fashioned phone, it's 571-313-5163. Again, that's 571-313-5163. And, you know, we're happy to talk to you um, at any time and hopefully we could help um, your family and your child. And we do work with people all over the U.S. Um, although we are focused, we started in, Evan, my cousin started in Texas, um, and I opened this up with Evan's help in um, DC metro area. Word of mouth has happened and virtual sessions have happened because of COVID and people are loving it. So we have, we have kids that we see all over the place. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, there are, there were some benefits to that. Being able to open up virtually, being able to reach people is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. And parents got a lot of time back in their day. Cause when you want to attend events at school, it was like right there, you just sort of took like a coffee break. You know? I know it's awesome. It's really cool. So yeah. any parting words of encouragement for parents with teenagers? Sure. Teenagers are built their DNA is built to pull away from you. They don't want your help, not because they don't like you or they hate you. They just want to be independent. Every mm -hmm. part of their DNA is saying, let me be independent. Trust me. So give them that rope. Let them try things on their own. Let them fail, but then help them to figure out how to do it better. And if you need help, there's lots of great parenting coaches out there. There's lots of great people that you can talk to, like Dr. Cam, and use those resources. Really, um, you know, talk to, talk to these key folks that know things, ask questions, and get yourself the support so that you're not sort of reacting to your kids. Um, yeah. Remember, they don't know how to self-regulate like we do. So, you know, just really take it slow and, and try to support them and find the support you need to, to be able to talk to them in a way that really resonates. So well said, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you. I am Thanks so, so much, Dr. Kim. Yes, I'm so grateful you could join us. This has been really good information. I know a lot of parents are really looking for this information because good, good. Uh, school is coming around the corner and we're all like, oh my gosh. So yeah, thank exactly. you. Right? <laughs> so thank you parents for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teen succeed, you can grab my free guide, seven secrets to motivating teens at askdrcam.com slash motivate teens. And if you enjoyed this episode and all the helpful strategies Wendy shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps 
helps other parents like you find the show. And I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. I'm sure you know many people who have kids getting ready to go back to school. Until the next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.